Hi. Welcome to Shh, We're Reading Dirty Books. This is Kalina. And this is Selat. And we are just excited for our holiday episode, and you are joining us for that. <laughs> yes, we hope everybody is having a great holiday season so far and that you're celebrating and loving and laughing and just having good old great times. Mm-hmm. And I'm hoping for future us yeah. that there's snow on the oh, ground. Fuck, yeah, there better be. There better be. I would love yeah. some snow. It's raining tonight, which is fun because we get yes. very little rain anymore. And so I'm very that excited to be sitting here watching the rainfall as we record this episode. It's really cool. Our world is shriveled and dying. So <laughs> it, it's really neat to see that. And even though it came with like a intense gust of wind. Oh, yeah. It wasn't like that freak when we had. No, like, no, no. Not, not the microburst that almost broke yeah. everything. <laughs> It broke a lot of things. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> Trees and cars. Fences. And, and <laughs> all sorts of shit. Roofs. Yeah. No, so this will be fun. I don't know why I said that. That wasn't related to the previous statements <laughs> that I said. It was a weird transition. But yeah, so hey, guys. It'll be fun. Hey, um, we read a holiday <laughs> book for today's episode, and we're going to be sharing that with you real shortly. But first, I think it's time for a quickie. Yeah, let's do the quickie. So I'm going to do one super generic, but it sort of relates to <laughs> the stories that we read for this episode. And that is, what do you think is the perfect white elephant gift to give or to get? You know, like, Mm -hmm. I know this is supposed to be really gaggy, like gaggish game and just for fun and, and stuff. And so some of the stuff that people gift are just real, real bad. But some are really cool. So like, if it's a a versatile gift or something like that, what would you? So I think the one problem with white elephant is the expectations need to be set very clearly for everyone participating. In the beginning. Because some people have the tradition that the white elephant is buy the most ridiculously unwanted item you can find and wrap it up. And then it's a kind of a fight to get the least worst thing. And then others, like in our book today, it's just buy something nice that could be wanted by anybody. And mm-hmm. then it's a fight for who wants the best thing as opposed to the worst, the least worst thing or whatever. And when those expectations aren't set in the beginning, you have like what happened at work a couple years ago where we did a quote unquote white elephant where everybody but one person were on the this is a nice gift train. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and no. one person was on the oh, white elephant is ridiculous shit train. And so mm-hmm. she had gone to just Goodwill and picked up like really ugly like dolphin sculpture and a a (laughs) penguin bag and shit and and she felt so bad because she's like watching everybody else open like nice things she's like oh i did not this is not what i did so i think that's the key is just make sure you lay out like these are supposed to be joke gifts don't spend more than five dollars get something silly from the goodwill yeah i tend to not like those personally i feel like that's commercialism and buying stuff nobody wants for the sake of it Mm -hmm. you know it's maybe a one-time hilarity like you get a joke in the moment but then now somebody has something in their life they have to get rid of (laughs) exactly (laughs) nobody needs that exactly so i think it Mm -hmm. should be something that you think anyone at the party could like my favorite what i did last year with my this is just like 20 minutes of me telling you guys about christmas stories um (laughs) but my favorite um exchange was last year at work i had everyone bring a wrapped book like something that meant something to them why and then they had to write in the book 
why they picked that book. Like, is it their favorite book? Or did this book speak to them at a time in the, you know, in their life or something, you know? And then everyone who wanted to participate, you know, just put the books in the center and we just, everyone just picked a random book and unwrapped it. And now you have a book that you probably haven't read or maybe who knows but you have the story also behind it of why somebody picked it that is so cool did you come up with that (laughs) oh my god we should patent it it belongs to us i loved it It i was like this is is one of the best yeah oh my god that's such a great idea because then also you know you know like roughly books are around the same price so no one's going to be really too extravagant and too Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. and if and it was completely like if you don't want to participate cool just don't bring a book (laughs) you know don't don't do it but it was like no pressure no like everyone has to join or or -hmm. you know sometimes secret santa you pick a name that you just cannot shop for yes i don't know the person in any way shape or form yeah no so this was fun because you didn't pick a name you just had to go find a book you thought you wanted to share with the office obviously i didn't do any of our books (laughs) they know what i they know i do this podcast but i wasn't going to be like hey anyone yeah might get this book here's a sexy book i was like this "Hmm." is from episode 40 (laughs) (laughs) so anyway that's my favorite what is yours (laughs) now oh my god i really like no that's Good. I think we should try to make that bigger somehow in, I don't know, our community or something. Not community. I have no idea. I mean, but it, if we it weren't actively so cool. recording our Christmas episode right now, I would suggest that, yeah, we do like a... <laughs> A book exchange with our listeners, but I don't know how to accomplish that task. You guys, that it's going to take a long time to do, but that would be so amazing if we could pull some shit like that together. That'd be so cool. Uh, maybe we'll just start off with some close friends. Okay, that's so good that I don't, I don't have, I'm not that I'm trying to top it, but I don't even have like anything that's like nearly as cool as that. Um, I have a, my generic gift is Tupperware, mm. like always, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like glass Tupperware. Oh, like Pyrex, like really like, nice Pyrex. Yeah, yeah, like Pyrex that's a fantastic a nice... fucking gift. Literally, no one should be upset yeah. by that. Oh no, not at all. And in fact, that's in two years running with my family. That's the thing that's been stolen the most, have fought over. Yeah, yes. Dan and I won it last year. We got four really cool, like decent size Pyrex. Wait, uh, you bought it and then you also took your own gift home? No, no, no. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't remember what we bought, honestly. Okay. But that's the one that we got. And I was like, this is a brilliant gift. That's fucking great. Because like, I will always, yeah. always take Pyrex. Like that is t- Pyrex that storage containers. They're the mm-hmm. fucking yes, best. Exactly. We took them and I was like, this is the best gift. I don't, I honestly do not remember mm. what it is that I, that we, <laughs> <laughs> that we contributed to the pack. Uh, so yeah, mm-hmm. that's the one that I would always mm-hmm. do. But, I also yeah. like, I have in the past gotten like a nice set of glasses and brought those to like more of a gifty one which Jules did in this book but then she (laughs) picked them and kept them of course she did she's like and they're mine bitches (laughs) and I just was like you go Jules you're my favorite (laughs) I I know she's my favorite I cannot wait for her story it's gonna be so fucking good me too I think her I think Clara's is too and those are like the two ones we didn't get in this book which let's get into it Uh, so, guys, for this episode, we read Walking in a Witchy Wonderland by Juliet Cross, narrated by Johanna Fairview and our um, secret lover, <laughs> oh my God. Aiden Snow. <laughs> the man of my dreams. The, the Aiden voice fucking of my meows dreams. Oh my God. in this. The voice of your truth. Exactly. He fucking meows in this fucking. It's so good. Aiden Snow. <laughs> so. Meows. 
<laughs> yes, we did. We read this book while well, we listened to this book, which is reading, whatever. And yes. it's technically book 3.5 in the Stay a Spell series by Juliet Cross, which we mm-hmm. did Wolf Gone Wild, which is book one back in, for episode 113. Mm-hmm. Now we haven't done two or three on the podcast. We probably won't because we already are doing 3.5 now. So why? <laughs> but I... Wait, who- <laughs> I did listen to... Who were two to, and three about? What? Who were two and three so about? So two is about Devraj and Isadora, and okay. it's called Don't Hex and Drive, and it okay. opens with him hitting her with his car. Really fun. <laughs> and it's kind of a... Um, I don't know exactly what the right trope is to assign to that one, because it's not, it's not enemies or anything. It's just she's just uninterested in a relationship. And he's like, no one has ever not been in love with me. (laughs) Oh, well, because he's a vampire. Like, not just any vampire. He's a really super strong strain Mm -hmm. of vampire who's like basically the vampire power enforcer. You know, like how Jules is the enforcer for the witch area. He's like, he's like that on a world stage where they call in those vampires when there's trouble and they have all these skills to an extra magical abilities to hunt down and you know prevent other vampires from doing damage and being disreputable citizens <laughs> okay um but he's also very lonely and is tired of living a lonely isolated life even though he's like a bollywood movie star and obviously like never hurts mm-hmm. for company or anything but he immediately obviously is attracted to isadora and she's all like Fuck you, yeah. I just am not interested, dude. I'm just, like, I've got a vibrator and I don't need you. I am really self-sufficient. And he's like, I bet I could do better. And then he does. So, he does. So that's. At least in this book. Yeah, so that's that. And then book three is Witches Get Stitches, which is Mateo and Violet. V- Nico. Nico and Violet. Mateo is the first one with Evie. <laughs> Nini, Evie Nick, yeah. Nico and Mateo are too close for the two werewolf characters' names. And uh, honestly, Evie and Violet are too similar, so those two get really messed up. Okay. I can see Evie and Violet, but not Nico and Mateo. They both end in O. And they're only like, you know, four or five letters. <laughs> Mateo, Nico. It's fine. You know. And they're both the werewolves. Whereas like Devraj is a completely different name. Oh, totally. And then like Henry and, and like Ruben, those are unique names. Nico and Mateo are not unique. But they're cousins. <laughs> they are cousins. I mean, they are unique. I get that. They are. But when you're reading, especially <laughs> when you read like three of the same series in a, in a, yes, in a week, yeah. you get confused. Anyway, Nico and Violet. <laughs> and that one is a, God, what is the trope in that one? See, these tropes are hard. The, it's yeah, not sticking to the very easy one. So this one is more of a, they have a casual hookup over New Year's and then he's a werewolf. So he knows who his mate is. And he's like, fuck, this witch is my mate. And she's all like, I don't do relationships, mm-hmm. which kind of like her sister is adore. But she, she does relationships, just not once longer than like six months. Cause she has this, she is a seer. She's the mm-hmm. witch with the power of foretelling. And she was told on her 16th birthday kind of a little bit about her future love, the love of her life. 
And so she's always trying to find him. And she mm-hmm. does readings on men and they're not, they don't match. And then, you know, she they're doesn't. not them. And again, she was told by her aunt, like, you don't do your own readings. Oh, as, right, right. As, a, <laughs> as a seer, you got to read for others. You can't read for yourself because you're good. You're too in it. You're not going to read it right. Mm-hmm, and so that's how mm-hmm. she fucks that one up because she reads for him and it's just like disaster. And she's like, well, I can't date him because my cards told me it will end in disaster for all of us. And so she, for like oh. a year, she refuses to give in to yeah. this flirtation this love that they have and she just puts him off 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 it is that one had me fucking in tears because there were a couple of times where there was one in particular where he was just like what are you doing like i i can't wait anymore and like he kicked her out and wouldn't talk to her and i was like oh oh and she's like oh "Oh my god it's so good it is so good (laughs) and then he does do a, a pretty dirty trick of pretending to be flirting with somebody else who she's jealous of and it's just like it sets them off uh-huh. and then they have sex and then they're fine but anyway that's that's yeah nico and violet nice so that's yeah the third book so this one is the christmas stories and it is five short stories from this world three of them are those three couples that were already featured in book one two three one of the other couples are side characters so they're probably not going to get their whole their own whole book and then one of them is a for a foreshadowing story that we've already picked up on, and it's the next book. It's book four, the relationship there. So we'll just do a quick clits notes on all of them and just kind of tell you what they are without telling you much about the stories because, you know, yeah. they're super short. So, like, I can't tell you. They're just you go read them. So the first one is Bewitch You a Merry Christmas. And it's Evie and Mateo are trying to have some sexy time together, but she has all of these priorities with the family to try and help out with a birthday party for her twin sisters. And she's the hex remover. She removes curses and hexes on people. And this uh, <laughs> this guy comes into the, the bar looking like Rudolph. <laughs> so she's trying to help him. His, his witchy neighbor has put a hex on him because he destroyed her Santa display and she's pissed. So, But they also like secretly love each other or like are secretly or at least attracted <laughs> to each other. Other. Yeah. and so she's kind of working that magic to get them hooked up and in the meantime Mateo's just like why can't I have sex with my lovely fiance or whatever yeah anyway yeah. so that one's that and then rocking around the hexmas tree is Devraj and Isadora and they get a ornament for Christmas in the in the in the family's white elephant exchange and it turns out to be a spell Clara had put on an ornament to increase the sexual desires of anybody who is attracted to each other when they're around this ornament. She thought it would be funny to give it to have Violet pick it and uh, mm-hmm. have it around her and, and Nico because everyone knew that they were just like circling each other for like yes. over a year. And mm-hmm. not doing anything about it. So Clara was like, I'll just give him a little push with okay. this. She calls yes. it her love spells, but it's really just her horny spells. And <laughs> <laughs> so, but instead, Devraj picks it for um, Isadora because it's, mm-hmm. you know, it's got pretty flowers in it and a, a little dog on it. And it just matches her personality a lot. And then they can't stop boning under the tree <laughs> for like a whole week. <laughs> so they figure it out. Uh. Jingle Bell Jock 
is JJ and Charlie's story. So JJ's the uh, family owns a bar and he's the bartender there. And he and Charlie have been friends for years, like decades. Charlie has had a crush on him for quite a while and watched him just, you know, manslet his way around town. <laughs> mm-hmm. And Charlie just realizes he can't keep doing this. So he starts trying to like date seriously and move on. And that really kicks the jealousy into JJ, who's like, what the fuck is Charlie doing dating this other dude? And then mm-hmm. obviously dawns on him and everyone's like, duh, asshole. <laughs> <laughs> Why aren't you and Charlie together? Yeah. So it's basically how Charlie and JJ end up as a couple. And your mean one, Mr. Grimm, is a story about Lavinia and Gareth. So Lavinia is one of the other sisters. She is she's an influencer. So she has the power to like, you know, sway people's minds and stuff. And so mm-hmm. she's taking part in a like social media campaign for I don't know. It's like a job interview. It's like a job interview, or, but also like showing off your skills. And if you are yeah. really good at it, you can. You, at influencing. Yeah. You can. <laughs> you're going to get like a money and scholarship and also something towards a cause. Like each candidate has to have their yeah. own cause that they're working for. It has to be a supernatural cause because it's a supernatural mm-hmm. field. But there's a Grimm named Gareth Blackwater who's in the competition too. And the two of them obviously don't get along very well. Or do they? <laughs> <laughs> but are just highly attracted yeah. to each other because everywhere she goes, so does his boner. Yeah. <laughs> so there's, I mean, this story doesn't give us too much because that's really early on in their meeting. And it was happening during uh, Nico and Violet's uh, Witches Get Stitches book. And you could tell, like, every time the family would come together, she'd just be in a fucking tizzy about this grim. She would just be like, this fucking asshole who's in this competition with me, just, you won't believe what he did. And at one point, she does mention that he, like, telepathed a nasty video to her. Yeah, that's all we got in that book. But then this is the story of that happening. So it's him. Mm-hmm. He didn't mean to, but he has a nasty, like, he has a dirty thought about her, like about bending her over and smacking her ass. And he sent it to her to... Pe- to he projected yeah. it to her and she's like, you're a telepath. And he's like, shit. He's like, uh, yeah. And that you're not supposed was to not that. what I meant. I mean, yeah, I totally intended to send you that. It was a joke. <laughs> anyway. Please don't tell anybody. So they're going to end up together in the next book, which I think is called Practicing Safe Hex. And then the last story is Jingle Spells, which is uh, Nico and Violet, and they are babysitting the twins from Mateo and Triplets. triplets, Thank you. I keep calling them twins. (laughs) You do. So at the end of book three, which is Get Stitches, we find out that Evie is pregnant and pregnant with three babies. So a year later... They have come into the world and there are two little boys and a little girl and they get left with their aunt and uncle Nico and Violet for the night. And it's just their hilarity in trying to watch magical werewolf babies. Babies. (laughs) Yep. Werewolf, warlock babies. Werewolf, warlock, witch babies. Yes. (laughs) Because one of the boys seems to be just werewolf. The girl is a witch. Mm -hmm. But then the second boy seems to be both. Yes. He has a little bit of magic and a little bit of wolf. So it's a really cute story. And then they also it like, is. as soon as the kids go home, they uh, they decide maybe it's time they have some kids too. <laughs> oh, boy. And if that is how you go to have kids, I'm all for right. it. Right. I know. I'm that like, is- well, <laughs> well, the scary piece was 
when Evie got pregnant at the end of Wretched or uh, Witches Get Stitches, everyone was like, "You're on birth control." And she's like, "I know." And apparently, yep. now here's the one piece that I won't accept. I would have accepted if they were using condoms or some other barrier method that his sperm might be magical enough to get past it. But fucking Ooh. birth control makes you not ovulate, and yet somehow his sperm was so magical it made her ovulate. <laughs> <laughs> so now they have triplets. Oh my god! <laughs> and I just had a little bit of a like ah, that's not yeah i didn't know that that's that was not the- how <laughs> bodies work even with magic <laughs> like, <laughs> like i would you know because they, they were the whole joke was like how power and mateo was well alpha was all like yeah fucking swing yeah. a dick around like i'm so awesome yeah. i got her pregnant even while she was on birth control and i'm just yep. like no <laughs> like she either forgot or <laughs> like I would buy it yeah. if it was, you know, oh, it just got through the condom because they're magical wolf swimmers, right? right? Exactly. Because the, the eggs are there to fertilize. Yeah. But, but she's on birth control. Like, isn't that already? It's tricking your body to think it's already pregnant yes. right? or something. Yeah. It, it puts you into early stage pregnancy for hormonal wise. The whole yeah. time you're on it, your body thinks it's so, pregnant. So it doesn't release do any it eggs. It just doesn't. It's exactly. just like no eggs. I don't need to make mm-hmm. them. I don't need to send them out into the world because we already got something cooking here. Something's a happening. So I don't know how his <laughs> sperm would have enacted, gone up into her fallopian tubes and been like, give me an egg. <laughs> like, hey, just you're really not pregnant. Just come down here. Let me show you this cool boombox. Actually, give me three of those fuckers. <laughs> I've got three different boom boxes. I don't know why boom boxes is the thing that I'm showing, but it's there. <laughs> well, no, was that in this? Was that in one of the books? What a boom box? Yes. Somebody did, uh, basically, a what was that 1980s oh, movie with the? Yes. Oh, uh, um, uh, with John. Yeah, Cusack. John Cusack, where he stands uh, outside. Oh. Yeah, I don't remember what it's called right now. That was now. either in one of these books or one of the four other books I've read like this week. Oh my god. <laughs> I just made I just made it up. In I know, head. but I, I feel didn't. like it it's been something <laughs> I cool. read lately and now I don't know what. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look at that. <laughs> it might have been one of these. It might not have been. I don't know. So let's skip all of the yeah, details. That's it. So those are those books. those are the five short yeah. stories. They're real quick. One of the best ones to listen to, just because of how much we love Aiden Snow, was yes. Jingle Bell Jock, because it's just two. Ma- I mean, it's a gay couple, so it's Charlie and JJ. Mm-hmm. So it's just Aiden talking to himself <laughs> and so being funny. so super fucking sexy. <laughs> oh, it's the sexy thing. And I was like, I just, I, oh my god, I love this so much. But this is our one contemporary out of all the paranormal. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, because they, so neither, they're get... both humans. They're just regular yes. old human peoples. Mm-hmm. And he, is it Charlie's cat that he meows? It's JJ's cat. Oh, it's J- JJ's cat. Yeah. You guys, he, Aiden's, <laughs> this man has Ooh. the sexiest voice in the entire world. And he, <laughs> the first meow. I was dead. I was dying. <laughs> and it's not even like it's super sexy or anything, but it's that he's sexy through the whole thing. And then he fucking me out. <laughs> it's fuck. It is literally too much. Like, I don't think I was okay so for the great. whole week because I did <laughs> three Aiden Snow books back to back. And I was oh. like, oh my God, I'm going, <clears throat> I have just ovulated all over myself. I just- <laughs> now I'm pregnant somehow. <laughs> I just got myself pregnant. <laughs> His fucking book voice. got me pregnant. His fucking Dude, voice. You guys, 
don't understand unless you have listened to his voice in the way that he I mean it, it is seriously the most magical sound I don't know what it is he's got it's deep and he's got it the resonates good. and it's just and and he does different voices for like yes, and they're all sexy they're and I'm sexy. like I cannot handle this <laughs> it's too it's hot <laughs> I'm in a book group on Facebook and every time somebody's like, I'm looking for a new audio book or audio, you know, narrator. Mm -hmm. I really care. Like, and I'm like, do you like sexy books? Because listen to Aiden, literally anything Aiden does. I've gone in and looked to see if he does anything but romance. He does not. (laughs) Oh, he just does romance. Everything, at least in Audible, that I can find his name attached to is obviously a romance book. And I'm like, man, this man sits in a booth and reads sex seeds all day long, every day. He just says cock every fuck. single day of his so life. So much. Oh, and the way yes. he growls the word fuck sometimes oh, is literally yes. heart stopping. He growls very, very, very well. It's so oh good. God. It is so, so good. I mean, if you guys are going to listen to anything, anything. Say, listen to this. <laughs> listen to this. Get these listen books in audio. But also, these books are great. Oh, I fucking love these I mean, books. I you love get these books. One, two, three. You get four sex stories. Well, more than that. But out of the five stories, you get four of them have sex. Because I don't think Garrett and Lily No, no, no. There's sex. definitely don't. All we get is his yeah. his thoughts about having sex with her. Yeah. And he's got boners. Like, and all he the has time boners a lot. And so he's always talking about that. But so fucking good. All of them. All of them are really good. My favorite, though... Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think my favorite's got to be Izzy and DeRoz, though. <laughs> Just because these poor couple got this cursed, not cursed. No. It's a spelled ornament. Yeah. That fucking Clara of all of them. Oh, yeah. Clara, little sweetheart Clara. Yes, little sweetheart Clara. <laughs> Meant for her twin sister and instead. And she was just like, I'm going to let it fucking play. <laughs> She's like, well, fuck that. <laughs> It's so great. I mean, she knew they were already, like, they were a couple. So she's like, it's not going to hurt them. (laughs) But, oh, my God, almost every single time they just see each other. Oh, it is a throwdown sex instantly. As soon as they put the ornament on the tree, it is on, like, Donkey Kong. (laughs) (laughs) He was out in the back doing something in the backyard. He came back in and they were fucking on the table. They were very much like that in their book. Oh, Oh, yeah. They're hardcore in their book. Okay. Something that I don't think came up in the short story, he has a tongue piercing that he uses to great advantage. (laughs) Oh, Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ooh, we haven't had a piercing No, yet. I don't think we have. Oh, um, that's good. So that one's hot. But yeah, we don't get that mentioned too much in the in the short. But if you read Ooh. Don't Hex and Drive, you will get okay. the descriptions of his tongue piercing and the wonderful ways in which he uses that on Isadora. <laughs> but yeah, that is a fun... That one is a really fun one. I think... Which one do I like the most? I think I just really love... Lavinia and Gareth. Mm. I've been since they started dropping that hint into the books. Since yeah, since Juliet started setting this up in the books, I have been fucking dying to get to this story, <laughs> and I'm so excited because I already have. I already bought that book. <laughs> yeah, I was like, well, I'm buying book four while I'm fucking at it. <laughs> um, <laughs> And I think, one, in this world, Grimm's seem to be an unknown entity. Like, witches don't yes. know much about Grimm's. 
werewolves don't know much about Grimm's. Vampires don't know much about Grimm's. They keep to themselves. And so throughout the books, we're getting these like glimpses of what Grimm's are and what they can do, but they're no one's explaining it. So obviously, I feel like we're going to get some more explanation about what the fuck a Grimm is in their mm-hmm. book because he's integral he's like one of the main characters so we better get some more fucking grim explanation and then two we have a sweet spot for that enemy to lover trope Ah, absolutely we do they're like competitors in this you know in this you know social media marketing competition and they're obviously drawn to each other and she's pretending like she's not yeah i also do really like lavinia because in one of the books, she she's obviously um, bi because she was dating a woman. Mm, okay. Now she's going to be attracted to Garrus. So I thought that was a neat, like, there's, you know, well, representation Yeah, and she did say here. you've never, you never had a threesome before, you know? So she did mention that. Well, she's that trying there, to, so. like, yeah, okay, yeah, scandalize him <laughs> and make him, like, and he's all like, no, because I'm the boss. And I'm like, oh, okay, sir. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I think that one, even though there wasn't any sex in that book, I think I was just so excited to get a story that yeah. kind of showed that scene because I was throughout book three, they keep dropping hints about it. She keeps showing up to family mm-hmm. gatherings in a fucking tizzy about this Gareth dude. <laughs> yes. But then we don't get any more backstory. And I'm like, God damn, what the hell is happening? Yeah. So. Well, and Nico and Violet's scene too, like when they finally get to fuck after mm-hmm. the babies get picked up. That was pretty intense and really good too. Like just this stimulation and hearing all of the like, the ways that he's moving on her and the ways that he moves her. Mm-hmm. That's super hot. And even... Even in JJ and Charlie's oh. story, there's a couple of blowjob scenes that are like, whoa. Their sex scenes were really well intense. written. I really yeah. enjoyed that. Yes. I think the only thing, and I want to <laughs> ask my gay friends if they call each other baby. Because that was the only thing I was just oh, like. I was, you know what though? <laughs> I'm sure um, they do. Our- I'm sure there are gay couples that call each other baby. I just, because yeah. it sounded exactly the way he used, because it's Aiden, obviously. So his voice is the same. Yeah, so we're used right? to hearing Him referring to the- saying baby to one of the sisters usually. Yes, to this is, yeah. And uh, well, uh, that happened in um, Patricia Eddy's story too. That is true. Between the angel and the somebody. Which? Which? Oh, Warlock yeah. and an angel, yeah. Yes, the Warlock. Maddox yeah. and... Um, yeah, yeah. It was Maddox. <laughs> Maddox and the, and the, the other, other one. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, you sorry. Know. Sorry, Patricia. Yeah, which was also a, an amazing book. Mm-hmm. But he did, they, they refer to each other, as, or at least one of them did to the other as baby as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That sort of resonated with that. But yeah, no, the sex in, in this Killian. was... I went and found Killian, it. yes. <laughs> nice. <laughs> just uh, pretty intense. I really, really enjoyed it. And I just like... You get Evie and Mateo's book is first, but then you get Izzy and Diraj, and it's like, holy mother. Well, because it's like a short story with like three sex scenes in it. Yes. (laughs) Which is a lot. There's like three sex scenes in the long books. And they are, yes, so you get it all compact into one. And this is like meant to be intense. Like I I did love, because they literally lost control of themselves. Mm -hmm. Like, and they're both just like, what just fucking happened? I don't know. <laughs> I can't seem to just understand it. I do love that. And like the random places too, because they keep having sex yeah. and like they're not it's intending the to. Like the kitchen and well yeah. yeah. And just like the living room and they're just like, what the is happening to us? Yes. And then in the shower. Yeah. No. And they're just like just good. Yeah. Honestly, I didn't catch on it, and I don't know that I would have if I ever read their their story, like their 
the second story was it that there was a spell <laughs> that was cast in an ornament that they got i just i never would i was just like hey, these two left the fuck that's cool yeah <laughs> oh i i had read all the little snippets so i knew what was coming i thought they were because mm. it said like the snippet just said they received a dirty santa gift that makes mm-hmm. their sex life scorching. And I so I thought they were going to get a like a vibrator. Because, like, again, their story had oh. toys in it because she was really self-sufficient. You know, she had her own ways of getting herself off. She didn't need a man. She was like, I live my life and I don't need anything outside of it. And so she had ordered herself a new toy called Big John. Mm-hmm. And it got delivered to Devraja's house. And he took it inside and opened it up. Do they live in the same apartment um, or something? They live next door to each other. He he rents oh. the house, like, basically behind them. That's okay. how he hit her on his bike. <laughs> or uh, She was oh. on her bike, and he hit her on his, with his car. Oh, my God. And so she's, like, going around trying to find her package all day. And he took it in and opened it without reading it. And, he, you know, he opens the outside package, and inside it's just a fucking, you know, it's a vibrator. And he's like... <laughs> Oh, I don't feel like I ordered this. And so then he, op- you know, like looks at the front and he's like, oh, thank God it's Isadora. Because he's been trying to like, you know, talk with her, her and like she yeah. just keeps putting him off. And he's like, all right, I got this. And so he uh-huh. he goes like to the bar and he's hanging out with the other family because the family loves it. Like the w- women are like, that is the hottest fucking vampire in the world, man. <laughs> I mean, he's a Bollywood star. He's a, you know, mm-hmm. big, mm-hmm. big deal. And so they're all attracted to him and talking. He's laughing. And and she's just like, I don't even care. But she overhears his story. He's telling a story. And he's saying, like, that's what happens when Big John shows up. Like, so he's concocted some kind of story to tell the group. And used the words Big John. So she knows that he knows. And then Mm. it's really fun. Because then she's like, I want my package back. And he's like, you can come pick it up. And he leaves a DVD in the bottom. And I thought it was going to be poured, but it was just one of his Bollywood movies. His movies? Yeah. <laughs> nice. Oh, my God. Yeah, I've got to. It's really good. It's a, it's it's fun because they, you know, it's unexpected. And then she's like, fine, I'll come over, but I just want sex. <laughs> like, she tries to lay down the like, fine, while you're here, since you're about to leave anyway, we can have sex once and then I since you say you're so good at it and then I'll be fine. <laughs> and he's like, where's he leaving to? Well, he, that's his job is he travels so much. So she's convinced from the beginning oh. that I'm not going to get into anything with him because he's transient. You know, he comes and goes because he's constantly called by the vampire council to the next problem. Mm-hmm. The right, next right. place to go. And so she's like, why would I settle with somebody who's going to be here for like a week? So then that becomes their big right. hang up is obviously she's going, he's going to leave. I think yeah. he is. The, I think he does pull the John Cusack. I think it is him. Oh, okay. Yes. Because he goes and he adopts this puppy that she's been interested in. She She's oh, into okay. animals and she works at a puppy rescue or dog rescue, but she doesn't want to bring one home because they have zombie cat and, and Fred, yeah. the rooster. The rooster. And she just thinks the dog would just make those two unhappy because they're practically dead anyway. And <laughs> she's the only one that keeps them alive. <laughs> 
So he goes and he adopts the dog for her and he plays the song at, outside on the like lawn. And oh, yeah, no, he does do. So, so this did awesome. happen. It was because, yeah, she had she was basically okay. like, well, this has been fun, but you're leaving. So I'm done now. And he's just like, yeah. I'm not going. Why do you keep saying I'm going anywhere? I didn't say I was going anywhere. Like, <laughs> <laughs> OK, that's awesome. Yeah, it's cool because they do um, have little references that are in all of these stories that kind of go back and forth between all of the things. <laughs> that have happened in the past well yeah because they books. all the books kind of like take place in an intertwined throughout time because mm-hmm. like especially violet and nico's like nico shows up in the first book wolf gone wild because he's mateo's cousin so by now he's come to new orleans because he's trying to find her they met in uh, austin at new year's eve in austin and she like they had really intense he went down on her uh, on a rooftop bar on new year's oh and it was great oh, wow. and then she was like <laughs> peace out bitch and she bu- booked it <laughs> And never, she's like, I don't ever need to see that dude again. And uh, he was like, I need to find that woman. Oh my God. (laughs) So yeah, like a year later, he moves to New Orleans. He find like he runs into her because he's at Mateo's, I think, and she comes over with Evie, and she immediately Ooh. like remember that scene. She kind of is like, ah, oh, and like storms <laughs> out, and everyone's like, why is she so pissed at a person What's she just happening? met? And they're like, obviously that she did not just meet him. They didn't just meet. Yeah. yeah. So then he's hanging around for like the whole year, Aww. helps her with her dream of setting up the tattoo shop. He owns the building that she sets it up in. He's her partner. And she's still just like, no, I read my cards. My cards told me we would be a disaster. <laughs> that's not what the cards that's said just at all. Like, <laughs> that's just like if fate told you how you were going to die. You yeah. Know? Oh, like, it's 100%. Yeah. You, you shouldn't. Prophecies know, are always difficult whatever. to understand. And like, yes, in trying to avoid them, you often make them happen or, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. Like if you think you understand the way it's written, you don't. So like, yeah, once you think about all the cards, as soon as she like reread them for the, f- like after the the first time when she read them and was like, well, that's it. We can't possibly be together. Yeah. And then like her heart is just fucking breaking because he's like, I can't wait anymore. I can't, you know what I want. And like she, mm-hmm. he kicks her out basically. Wow. And she just goes back and she pulls those exact same cards again. And she's like, oh, well, if I look at it this way, this means <laughs> we're meant to be together forever <laughs> and we will only be stronger together as a couple. And it's like. <laughs> uh, so she was reading it the way she wanted or, uh, to see I think it. mostly the way she was afraid, right? That would give her a reason not to move forward. Exactly. Yeah. To kind exactly. of protect herself. So. Yeah. <laughs> no, they, it was good. Uh, oh, my God. These books are so They're good. so fucking good. And I love their cutesy time. Titles. I was telling friends about them. Mm-hmm. I was like, man, I just read the sexiest damn books. And then I told them what the titles were. And they're like, those are funny titles. How can there be sex scene in those books? And I was like, oh, there's some yeah. dirty oh. sex in these books. You have a no idea. <laughs> no, there's some good. That's why I think I gravitate a little bit towards Izzy and Devraj a little bit in their stories. Because, or at least in this one. They have the most and sex. because you get the most sex. Yeah. yeah. Because it is solely about they have a sex charm yeah. on them. So they have sex for the whole story. Whereas... Uh, the other ones we get, you know, a whole night of babysitting, which isn't that yes. sexy or, no. <laughs> you know, 
<laughs> Even like Evie and Mateo, job interviews. She's like tr- busy trying to fix up this other couple the whole time, and he's mm-hmm. Mateo's just like, why do we not get time together? <laughs> like, you yeah. know, he's just trying to bone down. Yeah, they get it at the <laughs> end, but it's not the whole story. Whereas Devraj and Isidore's is the sex, whole. the whole fucking story. Story. Yeah, it's cool. I liked it a lot. It was fucking sexy. I mean, Charlie and JJ's had a lot in it too. They yeah, they did. As soon as they finally started after was it charlie was like i gotta break up with thomas first before we move forward which was cool it was cool thomas yeah it was thomas yeah well he was you know like finally they had the chance to be together because they're they're confessing their love to each other but charlie's trying to do the right thing yeah saying i have to break up with thomas first but i want to be with you so he did and then they were finally Mm -hmm. like fuck it let's do this and they did and it was so sweet and so like and i really liked the um i don't remember which one said it but char i think it was charlie who was like what's the difference between me being older than this guy when you're that much older than me you know like Mm -hmm. at what point does age matter Mm -hmm. and does it matter i don't know i thought that was an interesting conversation it really is it's one that i need to keep hearing over and over again Mm because i I don't know why that's one of my things I'm the most hung up about on um, the dating apps that that yeah. I'm on. I really just in my head always had me with someone like really close to my age, like within five years. I feel like, you yeah. know, that just makes the most. I feel like we have the most likely common childhood and like memories and mm-hmm. stuff. I mean, you can't ever know that someone's going to have a similar childhood or memory. But I feel like we've exactly. gone through, I don't know, being at that like cusp millennial you know we're so yeah. close to being xers but we're not and we're really not yeah. very millennially either <laughs> like we're neither right. i just feel more comfortable with that i like someone within that age because yeah. i can say things like well when we were you know growing up but then yeah exactly. i just keep matching it's- with people who are like early 30s and i'm like <laughs> and everyone's like why is that a problem for you and i was like i don't know but it somehow is <laughs> and i need i need somehow <laughs> to get over it and i don't know how and then, of course, like a 19-year-old will message me and I'll be like, you are a literal uh, child. No. no what sorry. is wrong with you? You can't if even you drink have, bubba's. If you can't, if you have a teen in your name. Sorry. Or in your age. 19 and 20. What are you doing on the apps? Sorry, uh, yeah, go, exactly. Go to your life. Go explore, uh, Go be on Tinder. Go, like, I'm not on go, Tinder. This is fucking hinge. Go to the, the app club. that's meant to be deleted. Like this is for life, buddy. Like, uh-uh. <laughs> yeah, this is not. I don't. And they have to see my age. I'm like, I am almost forty. <laughs> Why <laughs> would you message me? What yeah, is wrong with insane. you? One of them, his name was Snooze. No. Well, at least that's his, you know, his profile name. No. And I was like, No, Snooze, you're twenty. <laughs> I am twice your fucking age. Like, what the fuck is happening? How is this happening to me? God, that is crazy. It's fucking wild. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) it's absurd. Naturally, I don't talk to any of them. I just delete them. Yeah, of course. And you know what? I feel like I would be on that same thing, too. I would be really worried about it. Because even, I mean, I'm older than Dan, but by a year. like that's No, not, I have no problem with those kind of gaps, you know, but yeah. right now I'm kind of... still within a, it's a... You're right. It's a generation thing. That's what I think you I'm know? the most concerned with. And I know there's going to be perfectly mature 32-year-olds. Yeah. But it's not just that. It's the experiences, right? I like, think so. And w- you want to be able to 
have stuff that's related. Like how many how many twenty year olds are you gonna have that John Cusack? No, conversation they would not with? understand that reference. They wouldn't, they wouldn't be able to reference that at all. And we can't even name the movie I mean, because right, it actually is pre us. I mean, it, it, it is true, it's from it is. the eighties, but we were children, so we don't yes. actually have the memory of it. We yeah. have the like um, imprinted memory of it. Because it was popular in the eight, like it, it's it's a reference, it's a cultural reference that keeps coming up. But yes, no, I don't. Honestly, I don't think I could actually talk to a twenty year old. I feel as if their language doesn't jive with mine. Have you listened to some of the? There's all kinds of words I don't understand anymore. <laughs> you listen to some Gen Zs talk. It's wild. Oh, oh, I can't. I am like a goddamn thing. Huh? Huh? No, I'm say anything. That's the movie. Sorry, I have say to anything. Look at yes, it. say anything. Uh, yeah, no, no, no. I, I speak with my nephews and my nieces all the time, and I don't for the fucking. I let you read one of my his text messages. Remember? Mm. <laughs> I don't know what that means. I didn't know what any of it meant. I cannot speak to them. I'm like, those? It's a new oh, fucking language. You- oh, it's completely, completely. And I'm like, dude, you can't. That's not. You have to learn how to speak correctly because <laughs> it's not going to work. It's so like, wild. Later on in life, it's not going to happen for you, dude. It's... <sighs> It's so crazy. So, yeah. I can't. I can't. Because yeah, to I think in the story, Charlie and JJ are like six years apart. Yeah, and he's like twenty nine, and uh, Charlie's like twenty nine, and JJ's like thirty five. And I think the guy Charlie was dating was like twenty three. Twenty. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. they were like six years up, and then six years up again. Um. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that's. I mean, that's not that wild. I'm looking right now at what I'm. I'm 39 and the guy I'm talking to is 32. That's seven. That's yeah. not wild. But there's something about wild. that that still feels like so young to me. <laughs> and no, I know it's, it's a deep. hang up in my own head. I do. It's not a real. It's not a reality hang up. I have some I fixation think, on number that's fucking with me. I don't think you're the only person, though. I mean, obviously, like JJ, because I think JJ and Thomas would be, they have a bigger gap. That's 12 years, right? So like... For them, that would be like if they were interested yeah. in each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that'd be wild. That would be wild. But they're both consenting adults, so it really, really shouldn't it matter. It really doesn't. Right? I mean, we say that, but then things like <laughs> the Leonardo DiCaprio story happens, and everyone's like so obsessed with the fact that he's literally never dated anyone past 25. <laughs> and that might have been cool when he was in his 20s, but that motherfucker's 50 now. <laughs> yeah. So it's yeah. getting weirder. And you're like, it is getting weirder. At what point is there's still a power dynamic. Yes. Now, I don't think there's anything between my 39 and a 32-year-old man. Like, I don't have power. (laughs) You know, I'm not (laughs) like a millionaire who can use my money to go young, hot. Yeah, yeah. You know, he like Leo has power and status. So if especially if they're kind of like new on the scene models or young actresses just kind of coming up, he does have there is a power structure there that yes, Yes. they're still adults. He hasn't to our knowledge dated anyone under 18, but it is a little bit creepy because he has access to the world in which they're trying to gain. Yes. And can gatekeep that access with his money and power. And he's using it to only see and it be in relationships with younger women like really younger women now yeah really young especially now yeah 
(laughs) So like there is always like, yes, age shouldn't matter. And then there's stories of, you know, some of them in Hollywood. I'm sure there's, you know, non-Hollywood stories, but we don't know those ones. We only know the famous ones. But of what's her name? Like Sarah Paulson, who's... uh, wife is like mm. 30 years older than her or something yeah, 20 years she's, older yeah yeah and there doesn't seem to be power issues or dynamics there it's just two people mm-hmm. who fell in love and yeah they're not the same age and that's fine yes and there's i mean there yeah there's many of those stories that are out there but so i know it's not oh. an issue but for some reason and i think i just I really don't understand. I cannot seem to meet anyone on this app that is within like two or three years of me. They don't exist on. I don't know that 40 year old men are on this app. (laughs) And if they are, they've set their preferences real fucking skewed. (laughs) Right. Maybe they are the problem. Yeah. (laughs) And that's fine, too, because that means I don't want to see them if that's their preferences. I have like I'll like message anyone I find within my age range. And not a single one messages me back. That's so crazy. It's the fucking craziest. This app is literally giving me probably an ulcer. (laughs) (laughs) It's filtering out the ones that you, like, they're filtering themselves out of. Sure. Out of that, you know, so it's for a reason. Mm -hmm. You're right. They probably aren't the ones that you want to be talking to anyway. But uh, personally, I think that if it's something that you can't just get over and then you feel like you need to get over, go ahead. But if you can't, don't. Like, don't, you know, like... I know, but I feel like that's like, you know, the guy who I'm talking to now who's 32 doesn't come off as immature and we have great conversations. So I don't know that, like, I don't know why I still like, oh, he's only 32, you know? Right. Like, it doesn't even make sense to myself. So I need to figure out, I think maybe I just need to do some work on that. I'm not saying I should get over it or not get over it. Sure. You know. Yeah. Whatever. (laughs) I think if it's right, then I'll probably not feel as weird about it, maybe. Yeah. Maybe that says something. I don't know. Well, maybe it's because it's so new and it's like, I don't know. I don't know how to tell. Who knows? It's hard. Yeah. You really can't tell until. He sends very, very cute gifts. And I don't, I'm very bad at understanding gift talk. (laughs) Oh. Like, I get it. I'm like, okay, it's a cat doing faces and jumping up and down. What is, like, I don't, <laughs> so then I don't know that what the cute. right response is. So then I just find a random <laughs> gif and send it back. And I'm like, is this how <laughs> gifting works? I need a fucking, <laughs> I need a young, you need I need a, a young millennial a young to tell yes. me how to gif. Yes. Like, do they oh have meanings? Is there, is there <laughs> popular ones that mean things that I need to use or not use? I don't think that there is. I think they're like hashtags. You just do whatever the fuck you want. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I say. (laughs) So I don't know what I'm doing. I send our jumping dick guy to almost everybody. (laughs) I'm not quite there yet with uh, this guy. I don't think sending the jumping dick at this point would be appropriate. (laughs) Someday. He's going to get jumping dick someday if he hangs around long enough because that is literally my favorite gift. It's the best. I didn't think it was the right response to funny cat with tongue sticking out. (laughs) Jumping. Oh, oh, yeah, maybe not. Okay. Um, Um, Yes. So. Yeah. Let's do our kiss and tell. Um, yeah, so throughout this, well, not throughout this book, but in this book, I think it is in part 
two, I think. Yeah, in Izzy and Devraja's story when they're playing the white elephant between the family. They actually go through a couple of different parts of their family traditions during the during the Christmas holiday and the different celebrations that they do. So it's really fun to to read and listen to like, you know, the different things that they do, the games that they play mm-hmm. and the dinners and and stuff like that. So we thought that it would be fun to talk about our own holiday traditions mm-hmm. that we've started as our kiss and tell and particularly as us as friends and really and and it, with family and mm-hmm. everything too. But so like for instance for us we have what we actually stopped the past <laughs> couple of years but we're bringing back this year yep. is cookie day. So what we do is we get together with pre-made cookie dough and then we just decorate, bake, we roll Cut, bake, decorate. (laughs) I don't know that. I'm not a baker. Ten dozen (laughs) cookies. Oh, so many fucking cookies. And we just complain about them. All the time. time, The whole time is us bitching about doing cookie day. (laughs) And we continue to torture ourselves and do it. It's the best tradition. It really is. And I miss it. And I'm I'm so I glad know. that we're bringing it I back. I was like, just the other day seeing like somebody make sugar cookies. And I was like, why don't we do cookie day anymore? Yep. And I know it's not so a Christmas tradition, but we have a Thanksgiving tradition where we always get together either the day or two days after Thanksgiving and we do Friendsgiving where we just bring everybody brings leftovers and we eat leftovers. leftovers. We used to have to do it because of Emily's work. She never had the right days off, right? So we had yes, to do like that's kind of how we house. started it. Yes. So we never got a chance to to actually be together exactly mm-hmm. and then we're like well we're not gonna cook a whole brand new meal let's just bring leftovers yeah no one needs yeah. that everyone has enough exactly. leftovers of something so many leftovers and they're all so good well and the best thing i think we definitely did them last year did we do it the year before where i made the um thanksgiving egg rolls yeah we did them last, last year. year that's my, my new favorite thing. i don't think before. so either yeah. i think that yeah last yeah. year was the first year those are my new favorite things ever is to put the leftovers into an egg roll wrapper <laughs> Yes, because we were they were delicious. They were really good, and I don't remember we we came upon some mishap. Was it the wonton or was it the oil? What was it? We couldn't get something right about that process. I'm. They did get. They kind of blew up because they have um. So they have turkey stuffing, gravy, mashed potatoes, and some cranberry, cranberry. sauce in it. Mm-hmm. And so I think mm-hmm. some of that stuff just gets too liquidy and it melts kind out. Of, yeah. That's what it was. But it was a, like, it was cool, those though. were tasty. That's a good way mm-hmm. to eat Thanksgiving leftovers. All of it just wrapped up. In a really good bite, good. like mm-hmm. bite of all the mm-hmm. flavors in a you crunchy dough wrapper. Yeah. So we do that. We also used to, before we, Emily and I had kids, got all the girlfriends got each other presents. Mm-hmm. So we would do sort of like an exchange between all of yeah. us. So we would let the other two know, hey, I got Kalina this or I got Selah this. Yeah, we had some pretty and intense so- like random text chains where we like yeah. leave out one of the group mm-hmm. <laughs> in each text chain so we could tell the other people who what we got for each other um, and it was always nail polish <laughs> yeah nail polish and like socks cooking things and- socks oh yeah, i always got you socks. like you got so you many socks so- i have so many socks still. <laughs> so very many socks uh, yeah, that was fun. And we used to go to Denny's the day after oh, Christmas. Yes. So Christmas Day mm-hmm. or the day after. No, Christmas night. Christmas night. Yeah. And we'd sit there and we'd play cards and exchange the gifts. Yes. And yep. then we got that was a then, ton of then fun. the Denny's got robbed one day and we stopped. The Denny's did get robbed. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But anyway, those are some of the traditions that we've had. 
And they're a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. I love doing it. My family does a white elephant every year. Mm-hmm. So we, we do it with my family and then we do it with Dan's family. So we do it just separately. And it's always new gifts. Mm-hmm. And then we try to make pretty versatile that everybody could use. It's much funner with Dan's family because they follow the rules a little bit better. Whereas, like, my family, Lang always gets something really stupid, my oldest sister, and then my brother-in-law always gets liquor, and not everybody drinks liquor, and it's like, okay, and then somebody's bound to get, like, $30 worth of scratch tickets. So, (laughs) it's just one of those things, which is great. Alex and I always have a Christmas Eve tradition where we get together, we eat pizza, usually Papa John's, or not Papa John's, Papa Aww. Murphy's, where you take and bake, mm-hmm. and watch either Home Alone's or the Die Hard's, and do our own stocking exchange, like special special oh, cool. stocking that he and I just, my brother, this is my brother, and, and then, you know, his fiance, my ex was part of it for a couple of years, our old roommate, when we were living in the condo together, he we do it with him, but yeah, so mm. we just kind of do a... Christmas Eve of the kids hanging out, watching movies, eating pizza, and and exchanging stockings full of basically alcohol and scratchers. (laughs) Nice, see? (laughs) And silly holiday, my favorite is silly holiday toys. So I have those popper ones that like shoot balls at each other, basically like nerf nerf balls, you know? Yes. But they're but they're shaped like reindeer or like snowmen. Yeah. They shoot it out of their and they're like. <laughs> so yes. I got us yes. all those one year, and then um, they just live in the house. Well. They go away and they only come out for Christmas, but then they just sit around and we'd like anytime somebody's like hiding or like about to come home, we like hide with the popper and like shoot it at each other. Load them up. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> yes. oh, that's so it, great. It's one of the best toys that there exists. Yes. Yep. And I know exactly which ones you're oh, talking yeah. about. Those are great. They're so fun. Yeah. So. Well, yeah, cool. those are our holiday traditions. They're great. So, yeah. And now we will move on to fun fuck fact, which is sexy Christmas customs from around the world. Mm-hmm. So this is on a website called hercampus.com. <laughs> and it's by Ellie Sheehan from December 2nd, 2021. And I'm just, there's a couple on here of just different holiday customs. One is the mistletoe, obviously. Celtic druids believed mistletoe cured illnesses and promoted fertility. And that's kind of how it became part of kissing under the the mistletoe. Just in case anyone was unaware, Christmas is originally Mm -hmm. a pagan holiday. (laughs) (laughs) No, what I... Yes, so... um, (laughs) And then in Poland, they hang handmade ornaments from straw and eggshells and paper, and they're hung in the ceilings and are believed, like, women will add peas or beans to it to increase fertility and bring about marital Mm. happiness. In the Czech Republic, uh, single women can find out if they will marry that year by throwing a shoe over their shoulder on Christmas Day. If it lands pointing towards the door, it means the single woman will be married. (laughs) Oh, okay. In Belarus, the method involves lighting single women up on Christmas Day and placing piles of corn at their feet. And a <laughs> chicken will be let loose. And if it eats the corn, then that means you will be the first to marry. <laughs> <laughs> that one's fun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Could you imagine? They're like, all you single one. women, come over here. We got corn for you. And okay. a chicken. You got to see who the chicken picks. <laughs> 
That's so great. Um, single women in Slovakia bake dumplings. Mm-hmm. And if you bake the name of your crush into the dumpling, they will be unable to resist you and you'll be married within a year. Oh, some witchery and there. And then my favorite. In Greenland, the wives and husbands swap traditional gender roles on Christmas Eve. So the husband mm-hmm. spends the whole day waiting on his wife. And then, oh, just the day. and then the sad part is, this is so the wife gets rest before Christmas Day. Oh my god, <laughs> one whole day. But uh, she has. I know, so nice. But apparently, this is actually kind of stems from an Inuit tradition where they would swap okay. partners to celebrate r- winter solstice. So apparently, it would be more orgy-like in the Inuits before. <laughs> Whoa. Before- <laughs> That one's way more interesting. The missionary showed up and said, no, 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 we don't swap partners. (laughs) Go away, missionary. So it all kind of just, all all these ideas stem from Christmas period is a time of, you know, fertility rites and love magic, which Mm -hmm. uh, this book had a bunch of that in. We had a lot of love magic, sex magic, babies (laughs) kind of thing. So a lot of different cultures have these traditions tied to it because at the end, you know, it is really a solstice holiday. And it's about the return of the sun and all of that instead of, you know, I don't know, some dude named Jesus, apparently. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry if anyone is offended by that, but that's true. They they took the holiday. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> look, that's where we stand. We're not changing our And minds. that's our episode about this fun book, which I think yeah. is pretty clear. We're just going to like give it like a 10, oh. right? I mean, it's fucking like, great. Yeah, for, for sex and the writing is amazing. The writing stories are fun. fantastic. The stories are super cute. The narrations are perfect. I can never give a book with Aiden Snow in it anything less than a 10 because he literally I know, I is sex talking yeah no it's it's great highly recommend this whole series and i am so fucking stoked because i had been like stalking this series for a long time but it was only in book form and I just knew oh. with your school, I had to keep like, you know, rearranging yeah. our schedule and I didn't want to get us too many read books. And then all of a sudden they all came out on Audible and I was like, fuck it. We can listen now. <laughs> You're fucking doing it. And I'm so glad you did it, you guys. Look, this is NSW. Wait. Yes. NSF. This is not safe for w. W. Oh, NSFW. I forgot a word there. <laughs> uh, it is not safe for work. No, I, mean, I listened to it at work and it's not appropriate. <laughs> listen at your own risk. But just know, squishies are going to happen. So, and if you don't want to be caught with a squishy or a boner, so good. Do not do so it. good. So fucking good, guys. I agree with, I, I'm in consensus. All right. Okay, guys. So for our next book, we are going to read Unhinged by Helen Hart. This is the second book or volume two in the Blood Bond saga. And it's narrated by John Lane and Lauren Rowe. This is the second one to the one we read. <laughs> Right? We did no? read it. Yes. yes. No, no, we did. We did read But it was like three years ago. Oh, it was episode 40. Ago. It was called Unchained. And that was volume one from the Blood Bond Saga by Helen Hart. So it's Holy been a while. Shit. If anybody remembers, this was the episode during which, oh, in this book, the main male character was about to go down with the main female character and he <laughs> yes. opened her legs. <laughs> And ran away. Now said, we what the we, fuck is that? We knew that he had seen a vampire bite on her, and he was upset because she obviously doesn't know about vampires, and so he's <laughs> he's concerned that somebody's been taking advantage of her. 
But mm-hmm. in her perspective was just dude looked at my vagina and left. And that and was ran. I was away. like, I would never see this dude again because <laughs> I'm not going to forgive that. So that's just if anyone oh. remembers back to 40, that's what I talked yes. about a lot in that episode. That was indeed that. <laughs> and we know about Helen. We've met Helen a we few have. times. And we're actually going to see her again soon. Or, in our timeline, yes. Yeah. <laughs> we've already seen but her. But by the time you guys listen, we've already seen her. But she's great and she's a hoot and she's a great writer. So we're excited to get back into the series. Yes. Yay. All right. So in the meantime, we'd love to hear from you. We want to know what you guys think about these books. Tell us about Aiden Snow and what he does to your panties when you listen. Uh, no, actually, don't tell me that. Um, I, I, I mean, I know. I don't need to know. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, uh, you can reach us at social media or email at shdirtybooks in all Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok has more you know, it's episodes now, more 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 yeah. more posts on TikTok. Um, but everywhere that is, uh, shh, dirty books with three H's, and you can email us directly at dirtybooks at gmail.com. And you can visit us on our website at dirtybooks.com and most places that you could find podcasts. If you can go and rate, review, subscribe, that would be great. Jim Townsend, thank you again for your music. And with that, we're going to say goodnight. This is Saylet. And this is Kalina. And we'll see you later. Bye. Bye. Yeah, you've been listening to Shh, Reading Dirty Books with Galena and Saylet. Be sure to tune in to the next episode. Get some more of your dirty books read to you. And if you're listening on a format that allows you to give a rating, please do that for them.